0: Hi, Rodney Jane here, at Bob Jane T-Marts we're all about safer holiday driving. This April, get one tyre free when you buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama or Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cashback on selected tyre brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Goodyear, Continental and Dunlop. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Shop online at bobjane.com.au. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. apply. And off no. the track is the West Alberto car. And that's in the chase by the look of it. And they were showing 12th on our screen. Uh, they didn't cross the line, Nolts. No. They didn't get there. That was on the final lap. Oh. And that's had a huge off. Even no small off at that corner. Even after the checkers, the race is still delivering. <laughs> Another classic here on the mountain. Two the very best operators. Parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as all. Yeah. Red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by race Fuels. here. My name is Grant Rowley and this feels like old times. I've got my old friend Tony Dalberto on the line. We're looking at each other on Zoom. It's late uh, on an evening. And we're both having a quiet little drink. Um, Tony, Tony's drinking. <laughs> A cup of tea um but uh we've just come back from the bath six hour we've just come off a huge amount of motorsport uh here in uh, in australia we've had uh, a whole bunch of things go on australian grand prix we've had the bath six hour tony you were racing in it uh before we get into all of that tell me tell all of us how do you feel
1: how do i feel i feel fine I feel absolutely just chipper just fine oh, Good. no dramas
0: that's good our <laughs> listeners will be pleased to hear that because if any of them were watching about the six hour the last they saw you was uh, <laughs> b- completely beached in the uh, oh, chase sand trap what, what happened
1: a sad sad sight that was just to <laughs> see the car with the wheels hanging off it on the in the gravel trap at the um basically at the uh the start of the chase there um yeah
0: what happened? That's a long race it. to do. It
1: was the last. Not, not do way. the
0: last three corners.
1: The last three corners. We were having an absolute ripper day. Like we really were. So myself and Dwayne West, who owns the mighty HSV that we raced over the weekend, and his, his dad prepares it. The whole family's there. They're uh, making the sandwiches and changing the wheels and putting fuel in it and all that stuff. It's really, it's a it, big family
0: affair. Is that priority? Sandwiches first, then oh. tires and wheels? Hundred percent.
1: You what you got to realize is the Bathurst six hour is all about family and just grassroots racing. It's it's not a professional race meeting whatsoever. You know, you and that's how you got to approach it. We had you know, i had Steph and the boys there having a great time, kicking the footy out the back, just yep. enjoying car racing. Um, you know, you don't rush back to your your trailer and go through mountains of data and you know trying to find the last tenth of a second.
0: Yeah. You um, rush back to the trailer to get some sandwiches.
1: Exactly, sandwiches and uh get out of the cold because it was absolutely freezing. Um but yeah, we had a ripper day. We were basically the best of the rest after the the Beamers and uh we were actually ahead of one of the Beamers leading mm-hmm. going into this last lap. Mm-hmm. The last lap of the race where they decided to have a that a safety car. Yeah. And to be honest, I thought the race is all over, all done and dusted. You know, they're not going to restart this. It was, you know, I think at, when the safety car came out, there's two minutes on the clock to go or something like that. Like it was really, really late. And um, anyway, they decided to restart the race and uh, they had the leaders and they had about 5,000 other little cars in between the leaders and myself. Well, it felt yeah. like 5,000. There's a lot of cars out there, 60, 60 odd cars on the grid, like crazy hey. numbers. Um, and, you know, between the fast guys and, you know, the, the slower cars, there's up to 30 seconds a lap difference. Um, so you can imagine the closing speed, you know, the, the passing uh, is, is happening quite quickly for, for these other guys. Um, but the thing is, during the day, when, when you're in, you know, hour two or hour three, you come up on a slower car, there's so much racing to go on. They just let you go. They just move over and make it really easy. No dramas. But when it's the last lap, Grant, mm-hmm. everybody is racing for their own class. Everybody's having a crack. Yep. Their opportunity to grab one more position because they've been able to catch up and now they're under safety car and they can, they can have uh, that one lap to have a dive and get that one position they're trying to get for the last three hours. So anyway, the safety car peels off and we go racing again and myself and Will Davison are having this massive uh, slice through the field. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty hairy, to be honest, because, like I said, these other cars are having their own little battle. So we're trying to slice through the middle of the cars down Mountain Straight and down to the Great and, you know, Skyline. It's all happening.
0: Yeah, and, and Fading uh, Light as well.
1: Fading Light. It was really cool, actually, the last couple of stints. It was a lot of fun. Um, anyway, we come down to, towards the elbow, and I had a Mustang in front of me. And I'm not sure who was in, in the car, but they're having a bit of a battle. And I showed my nose to the, the Mustang going into the elbow and he didn't realize that I had. So um, he've, he's turned into the corner. And at that moment I've tried to get out of it and I'll give him the, the slightest little tap. Like it was absolutely nothing. It was, yep. but enough to, to rotate him, to turn him. Yep. And um, anyway, so I've had to sort of prop and, Wait for this car to to s- spin, and uh, and Will um, behind me is taking that as an opportunity to get past me, and uh, then he's I think he's sort of like uh, moved out to to make the pass on me and realize oh shit this is why Tony slowed down because there's a spun car in front of us, um, and then he's turned hard right to try and avoid this the spun car, but I was right there, <laughs> so uh, I was right beside him. And we made contact and I ended up coming off worse because I made, then, I then made contact with the outside wall, yep. uh, which broke my steering. So for Will, it was probably not a, not a huge impact whatsoever. Um, but for me, cause I hit the solid concrete wall, it did enough damage to break the steering. And that was the end of the day. The end of the day, Grant, well, hang on, hang on.
0: Lap. That's not the end of the day because you're talking about something that's happened at Forest Elba. The only time we <laughs> saw you was down Caltex Chase. There's about well, a kilometres worth of racetrack between there, you know, and there and then. What what happened after the contact with will slash concrete at the Elba? Well, naturally,
1: you want to keep going. Mm-hmm. So I tried to press on, and that didn't work out so well. So I scraped another wall. <laughs> um, because then I realized I had no steering, so there's a little kink in Conrad. yep. And um, I, I, you know, I took off from the the elbow once so I'd made contact with the tire bundle and the wall there, and um, I didn't realize I had zero steering. And I got to the kink and it just went straight on, and I went straight into the concrete wall again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Dad, what were all the people behind you thinking? What is, I don't what know. is
1: this HSV doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I just tried to keep going in a straight line down Conrad. But then when I got to the chase, I couldn't turn at all. So I just had to stop. And that, that was where I stopped in the gravel at uh, the, the kink in the, in the chase. So it was such a sad way to end such an awesome day. We, mm. we just had a ripper. Like there was in, in the class that we're in, um, X class, you have to make um, two more compulsory stops than the Mustangs in any other category so, or any other class. So you sort of up against it, but you, you got to use your speed during the day to try and make all that up. And we'd done that really well. We had no stuff ups in the pits. Um, strategy was really good. The HSV, as you can imagine, is not real good on fuel. So we had to make a, just a little splash and dash at the end of the race to get me through. I wasn't going to like, I had fuel alarm um, come up with about you know half an hour to go. So I couldn't do what uh, Ojeda did and just risk it. There was yeah. no, no chance of that. Um, so we had to make an extra stop, but just yeah, blazing back through the field, getting ourselves back into that sort of sixth, seventh position. Um, you know, that that was a great result for for us. So oh, I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm not so, I'm not so sad, like obviously to damage the car, but it's more just the result, you know, everyone was um absolutely thrilled with the way the day had gone and then to not finish the race and then to have a damaged car at the end of it is, is pretty brutal to be honest.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that sucks. Uh. let uh, let me not pass up a sponsorship opportunity here uh, just with that fuel and doing that splash and dash good good result there for race fuels, having to uh, put a little bit of extra juice in it to get home. Um, But uh, the, the, we did see one incident for the HSV during the race, a pretty wild spin Coming out of the dipper, that wasn't yourself uh, in the car at you at, at the time, but uh, that would have raised the eyebrows of the family back um, uh, in the bunker during those early stages of the, of the race.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly did. Everyone was um, watching and just hoping that we, you know, hadn't done any damage to the car. But yeah, luckily enough, Dwayne got away with that. He just come off the dipper and got on the gas a little bit too hard and. Um, that thing's got a like a heap of grunt, honestly. Like it's got so much power, that thing. And and the MRF tire, like I know everyone shit cans a tire, but it's such a durable tire. So, yeah, in other words, it's got no grip whatsoever. Yep. So with all that um, grunt and no grip, the thing rotated on him and um, he was lucky to miss the wall with the boot. And then he had to get on the gas and flick spin it around real quick because there was other cars coming at him. Um, coming down the mountain, so uh, I tried to play it pretty cool in the pits. You know, I just, ah, oh, it's fine, no drama, it's all good. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that was super lucky. But oh yeah, yeah. that was
0: a pretty narrow piece of road at the, in that part of the world, and uh, not to have another car come and clobber him. So many cars, so, so many, many cars, cars. I mean, in, in
1: that one spin. He went from I think six or seventh to fortieth. <laughs> <laughs> and then with it, within about six laps, he was back up into the top 10, like just mental the amount of cars you're passing all day long. You really can't relax. Like in a 1,000, let's say, you, you settle into a rhythm and you got you don't really do a huge amount of passing during the day, whereas in a race like that with the differences in speeds, yep. you, you've really got to have your wits about you all day. You know, you're know, making sure that the car in front of you's, you is know, seeing you, Um, You hope that they're going to give you room. You know, in my case, at the end there, I thought the Mustang had seen me, but he was in his own little race, in his own little world, and he hadn't. So that's where, you know, you can come unstuck really easy.
0: Mm, Yeah, a a shame. And uh, you were probably a little bit uh, separated from this, but because you guys were doing so well, what, you were running six, you only had that one BMW, the one, the the, the five BMWs finished one, two, three, four, five. Ultimately, sixth after uh, Will Davo had got past you. There was only seven or eight in the race. Only a couple mm. of mechanicals for those guys. So uh, certainly, compared to uh, years gone by, they they had some some incredible reliability. Um, so yeah, you might have been a bit isolated from the emotion back in in the pits, but I could imagine that the grief they might have experienced when. The up on the TV screens after the leaders had crossed the finish line, there pops up you, uh, digging sandcastles in the at the uh, chase. Uh, what was the vibe like when you sort of, um, you know, dusted off all the sand and got back to the lane?
1: I did a medical uh, center to see to make sure I was okay. Um, which took a couple of minutes, but then uh, when I go back to the pits, everyone was packing up, and yeah, you know, obviously everyone was disappointed, but they didn't make me feel too bad about life. The Westie was very good about it. Yeah, um, I think I, you know, to be honest, I was just as disappointed as what they were, and felt just as bad as anybody. So uh, I think I don't know because they're such good friends. You know, you you just feel feel bad as a human that you've ended their day, and not intentionally, but. Um, yeah you know, obviously going there to do the best job you can for them. And unfortunately this time it didn't happen, but Westy very much a realist. He, he knows the, the risks around car racing has been around it forever. And he always knew, you know, he he always said all weekend that he wouldn't go car racing with this car. If he didn't intend to, or, you know, if, if um, something happened to the car, he was going to be, you know, really mortified. So um, he sort of knows that it's sort of part and parcel of it, but it's still, you know, Makes it, uh, it's still an upsetting thing when you don't get a result or you, you know, you damage someone else's pride and joy.
0: Mm. Okay, uh, well, you were the uh lone non BMW in class X. The HSV doesn't really stand a chance, a, a no. realistic chance of competing against the BMW M2s, M3s, M4s, and they just yeah. dominate that race. They're,
1: they're they're about two at least 200 kilos lighter than the HSV they got paddle shifts, you know, and you, you, you think about just the weight, the 200 kilos, you know, the tire is, doesn't have to do as much work. You know, it doesn't have to, uh, you don't have to accelerate that 200 kilos up the hill, down the straights. Like it's just a huge amount of uh, penalty to carry uh, yeah. all day long. So, you know, we, we were sort of in between the class X cars and the next class, which was the, you know, mostly the Mustangs, uh, which they, they were, as well, very, very good across top of the mountain, but um, they they didn't have the straight line that the HSV had, so um, made my job a little bit easier. When I got up to the back of a, a Mustang, you could round it up in a straight line.
0: Mate, 200 kilo extra. Did they actually even get that thing out of the sand trap? <laughs>
1: <This is laughs> I took a lot of sand trap with me. I do. <laughs> there was so much in the pits.
0: Oh, uh, dear. What can beat these BMWs, sir? There's no well, car in that know, race like, that can beat them, right?
1: Years ago, like, you like Dylan O'Keefe was running that, um, Mercedes, the A45, that was a car to beat. And, and, um, but now, you know, that doesn't stand a chance either. Hmm. So they've just taken such a big step forward. But to be honest, they're, they're miles down the road, like they're seconds down the road. You just can't get close to them. So it sort of probably takes away from it a little bit. I think they might need to tighten up the rules or something in class X to, to make it a bit more achievable for the average Joe to compete and win that race.
0: Well, I think uh, BMW just, uh, the fact is they build a pretty damn good car and also pretty cost effective though. Uh, You know, they are quite popular on the road. Those, uh, those cars and there's, there's lots of them around. So reasonably cheap to get your hands on a, um, a second handy or, or one that's been written off or whatever the case. I heard this little story over the weekend that a large Australian motorsport racing operation uh, were trying to figure out a way that they could compete in this race. And what yeah. and, and they were talking and there were, there were some questions over what car they would use. And, you know, they didn't want to go down the BMW path because everyone was there. And uh, this team <laughs> likes to be individual. So likes to do their, uh, do their own thing uh, and uh, do it very, very, very well. Uh, and they were talking about uh, one of those Alpha Quadrafinos, Quadra something. I'm not sure. Probably should have researched it before I started talking uh, talking out loud about it. Uh, but there was a uh, there was a thought that a um, very successful Australian motorsport team were going to try and enter uh, enter a couple of those in in this race. So um, that seems like that. I don't know if there's any other type of car that we currently have on Australian roads that you could buy for and turn into a, a group three E production car that could uh, potentially take them on. So um,
1: yeah. yeah the biggest challenge with the production cars is you, you are really, you're forcing a production car, like everyday car that you drive down to the, the shops to get milk, um, to do things it doesn't want to do. So all weekend, like the ECU and the engine management, you know, like, all, all the electronics in the car so protesting. just protesting, protesting all weekend, and you're just facing all these issues all the time. Yeah, so they're very temperamental. The car, um, the car thinks you're about to have a race car.
0: The car thinks you're about to have a giant shunt uh, at the front all of a the school, time. and it just wants yep. to <laughs> shut it, shut it down. It's a really, it's a
1: really unique race because you can't just go flat out all day. You do actually have to look after the car, you know, the gearboxes, the um, suspension the tires you know you do have to manage a lot more than purpose-built race cars that are probably over-engineered they can just you know like a gt car for instance can do a 12 hour race just flat out all day long you don't have to preser- preserve it it's just all out attack whereas these things you, you sort of can't so there's, there's quite a bit of strategy involved um, and it's just a very different different race i, I think what would be good and i don't want to harp on about the MRF tire Mm -hmm. because it's a very durable tire. It is. Mm -hmm. But even with the big HSV, we could have done the whole six-hour race. The only reason we changed the tire is because when they had the red flag, you you had the option to put a new tire on it. So it's like, okay, we'll put new tires on, no dramas, like everyone else did. But we could have made the whole race, six hours on one set of tires. So there's no real tire strategy. Uh, I think if the tires had a bit more deg, you, you know, it might play into other cars or, you know, the big heavy cars, you know, they start to go away during the race and some of the, the lighter cars or less powered cars could sort of come into contention. Uh, but it doesn't really work that way with the tyre the that's so durable over such a long distance. So maybe that's something to think about, but um, it's very popular, extremely, extremely popular race.
0: Hmm. Well, it's certainly a good advertisement for MRF tires. If you can flog a car around Bathurst for six hours, basically as as fast as you can go. I mean, it seems like a silly business model though, because like they should make one with more deg and then you guys would have to go out and buy more tires (laughs) to stick on the thing.
1: You'd think that's what they're trying to achieve, but I don't know. They, uh, they hang their hat on how durable this tire is. And, um, yeah, it's obviously as from a driver's point of view, it's not the most rewarding because it's so slippery and there's not a lot of grip. Um, yeah, as racing drivers, you always want the grippiest thing you can get under underneath you, and this tire certainly isn't. Like it's almost it's literally like driving in the wet all day long. Mm. It's so so slippery.
0: Uh, yeah. We uh, well, thankfully, we didn't see too much wet. There was a bit of threat for that in a couple of. Uh, I think your only your first session on Friday was hampered a bit by, uh, the wet weather. And I'm sure the HSV was a bit of a handful on those tires around that track in not so favorable conditions, but, um, we, we saw some really cool stories up and down the lane and I'm sure you've got one, I'll ask you for one. Um, but, uh, I've got a couple like that. We, uh, we saw the, the Russell's in the, Mm. in the, uh, X-Class BMW go-karts go. We all know Wayne Russell, former touring car driver. We've seen Drew and Aaron compete in in DVS in in supercars as well. And it was kind of cool that um, those three got to the father and son son combination got mm. to stand on the Bathurst podium. That's never going to happen in a in the the Bathurst one thousand era. But really cool that they got to uh, the do that at Mount Panorama in this grassroots um, style affair. Uh, yeah. Tons of other really cool, cute stories, I guess. Um, the all girls, uh, an, an all girls entry uh, that uh, actually you can go and have a listen to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Tanae McLeod uh, filed a, a bit of a, um, uh, a pod vlog uh, as, they, uh, as they went about their uh, weekend journey uh yeah and um I mean, for me just the me opportunities that it, the the opportunities that this race gives is yeah. a um is something we don't see at bathurst anymore
1: i think the russells was just an amazing story you know to be able to do that race with your brother and and your dad um how cool you know and, yeah. they, and they did it such a great job as very much a privateer team i don't know they're um very experienced but they they basically get their their group of mates to come away racing with them and they do it at a, at a really professional level you know like they, the cars prepared immaculately um their races they know what to do um the closest i got to that car all day grant was when wayne was driving
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> i was trying my best to get around him but he was he was pretty driving well um that thing's got some good, good poke in a straight line. So I was sort of making up a bit of ground across the top, but then we get to the straight and then he'd take off. But even just for him, um, I'm not sure of his age, but he's probably similar to my dad. Uh, and, you know, to be able to drive at that level and intensity for the amount of time, and he would have done, you know, probably at least an hour and a half, two hours in the car. Um, it's a long time to concentrate, long time to keep your focus. And he very much played as big a role as anybody Else, you know whether it be aaron or drew that brought the car home at the end of the day um you know wayne still played a huge role in that so um would have been pretty special to stand on that on, on the podium in outright class as a family and and um you know especially the guys are up against i mean at the front there you know you got supercar guys current supercar guys deep Squally, thomas randall Will Davis and you know Jada was on you know, amazing form on the weekend as well so that car was um, in a different it was' in it a different was. game
0: I guess when we really saw it just right at the end there um, it just about had more speed with two wheels in the dirt than it did uh, yeah, uh, with but, all four on the tarmac yeah
1: I mean obviously was still driving the car well but um I got the low down on parked up plus this afternoon. And I, I listened to his interview about how they had a few issues early in the weekend. Cause that, which makes a bit more sense because other than the first practice session, he sort of went off the radar a little bit, um, until the race. Mm. And it sounds like they had a few, uh, gremlins in the car. They couldn't sort of sort out and they luckily got it done for the race. Um, which is what I was saying before about these cars just protesting. Yeah. Um, you know, protesting at every every uh, opportunity too because they're just under so much stress so um, they did a good job but that car for some reason was clearly faster than the other cars, the other beamers even though you know they're all meant to be quite similar so whatever they've done to prepare that car it was it was a you know fair way ahead of the others hmm. but um, for, yeah for me for the, the Russells to get that result I thought that was awesome.
0: Uh, okay, cool. All right. Well, that's, uh, the Bathurst six hour run and one have you, uh, have you been signed up by Dwayne and the family to come back and huh. do it again next year? When does negotiations for that start? Yeah. Will he that. have you back now know. that you've ruined his toy? I don't know. He's either changed
1: his number or, uh, you know, he's just not <laughs> answering my calls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no. Um, okay, cool. Well, there you go. Tony D on the Bathurst six hour market. You can pick him up for yeah. uh, for a uh, a pretty penny. I have no doubt. Comes with uh, free buckets of sand that he's <laughs> brought back from the chase. Uh, okay, cool. So um, we've got a little bit of a rest in the uh, in the supercars world after the Grand Prix, which um, Grand Prix was cool. I know you went there what on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, got to see some uh, supercars action. I guess we've all got, got all got eyes forward now to. Uh the Perth round of uh supercars. We can't talk about TCA yet because that's still like an age away. Oh,
1: crikey. It's
0: a long Miles way away. away. Mm. Still still uh, I think I'm up to go.
1: Um I did go to the Grand Prix, which was great. I got to mm. catch up with all my friends at DJR and uh have a have a closer look. You know, believe it or not, I really haven't seen the Gen 3. So I got I got a closer look at the car. Um they're they're cool cars. There's no doubt about that. Geez, they look good.
0: Mm-hmm. They look mm-hmm.
1: so good. They're so fat, wide, and long. You know, they. You're probably used to it now. You've seen it so many times at testing and race meetings now. But for me, it was the first time that I actually seen them up close. Um, and I, I had a little go. I, I just jumped in, as you do as a race driver. You just jump in the driver's seat just to make sure you still fit. Yeah. And um, the the, like the opening the roll cage and all that is so narrow, yeah. so small. Mm. I had no helmet on obviously. Um, and just trying to get in there, I thought, wow, this is going to be a bit of a challenge with a helmet on. And as you know, Grant, I'm pretty tiny. I'm not, not a big person. Uh, mm-hmm. I can only imagine what some of the bigger drivers, how difficult it is for them to actually fold themselves up and get into the car. So that's going to be a real challenge. I reckon when we get to Enduro trying to do these, you know, 10 second driver change. I just, don't think they're going to exist
0: no well that's uh, maybe the good thing is that they can't stick the fuel in very quickly so that might save you mm-hmm. <clears throat> save you guys from uh, trying to dart in and dart out as quickly as you can
1: yeah so we'll have to see that when we get a little bit closer but um yeah like i said it was great to catch up with everybody uh, the racing at the grand prix i thought was great i mean i know you've you've spoken about it in previous episodes but it does look like they can follow a little bit closer than what they have in the past. And we're seeing you know, obviously different winners, which is exciting, but the racing is tight. It's close. There's a lot of passing going on. It seems like, you know, the gen three has produced some of the goods that they're, they're trying to achieve with, you know, closer racing. Um, I think there's still some challenges, you know, um, I saw when Anton crashed in on, on Saturday's race, The car came back looking a hell of a lot worse than what I would expect, you know, a crash like that to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I think there's some things I need to tidy up there just with how strong the cars are. You know, obviously, you know, the chassis itself is strong, but it's all the bolt-on stuff for the front and back um, that is easy to change, you know, repair, but it seems like it bends quite easily, so... I don't know, I'm sure the teams are all over it and, you know, giving their feedback, but uh, I was surprised by the amount of damage by such no, really not a huge, huge mm. Uh
0: Yep. So we're off to Perth for the next round of the Supercar Repco Supercars Championship that's in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks off, Tony, between major local race meetings. Mm. I'm excited. I love it. I'm Dude, excited. Like you've
1: just done three weekends on the trot. Like I, know, just, I know. You just go to race meetings of fun. You went to Adelaide, then you went to the Grand Prix,
0: then you Bathurst over the weekend. I tell you, it was giving me the trots going to all those things. I was I was almost sick of it. I actually I, I did tell myself at one point that um, I didn't like doing all of this and I was really upset that I was um, – you know, I was busy and traveling and living out of suitcase for three weeks. And then I thought about my 15 or 16 year old self. And I thought if he was standing right next to me right now, hearing me whinge about being at these racetracks or following racetracks around, he would have punched me. He, he would have punched me. He would have said, do you sh- shut up Grant, older Grant, because uh, you are living you're the living dream, the dream, you're living <laughs> it's everything that I've ever wanted. So you shut up. I mean, I would have punched him back because he was very the 16-year-old Grant Roll, like very, very weak, and I would, hey, have, uh, I would have eaten him alive.
1: But, you, you know, like we're, we're talking a couple of years ago now when COVID hit and we were parked up as yep. we started this podcast, mm-hmm. um, you know, whinging that you weren't going anywhere, you weren't doing anything, there's no work on, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: opposite. That's right. Can't win we with you, mate. That's, no, I can't. Well, I guess none of us can. I, I kind of wasn't soaking. I was only just telling you and completely forgot that we're on a podcast, so I was telling a whole bunch of other people as well. Um, okay. Uh, and in TCR world, we've had a a little bit of a break. Do you even remember what side of the the Honda you need to jump into? It's been a while. Barely. Barely. Yeah. It's on the the left hand side if that helps. Apparently, apparently I've
1: got a new teammate.
0: Oh, I uh, noticed. In teammate at where?
1: At Wall Racing in TCR. So I noticed they went testing today. So they've somebody, and I honestly, like, hand on my heart, don't even know who it is. Um, Somebody has bought one of all these cars and he's going to race it at the next
0: round. Wow. That's massive. So, I better tell the uh, TCR media manager I've got about a new this. teammate. Oh, very good. Okay, well, everyone, stay tuned for uh, what news that might bring.
1: Uh, I did put a little post up on my Facebook, and I wanted everybody to comment who the racing, who could it be, who's the driver, but you can only put silly comments, all right? So if you want to go and check that out and put down your best comment, I might maybe come up with some sort of prize for the best one.
0: <laughs> there we go. What sort of prize have you got? Oh, I've got. TCRs, you can't give away stickers, one. You can't give posters. away one of your kids. You can't give away one of your kids. I don't know. I've got about a
1: thousand TCR Championship posters to give away, which <laughs> I'm never going to get rid of.
0: Uh, no, no, we'll, we'll we'll have a garage sale one one day. <laughs> I'm going to need to have a garage sale one day. Actually, this is a uh, this is a good conversation. Both of us have been um, kind of hunting around for houses at the moment. The mm-hmm. houses seem to be if we're not talking about race cars, we've been talking about uh, buying houses, moving houses, doing those sorts of things. And it started to make me think, and, and I've made a couple of offers on places, and and haven't fi- found the right sort of thing to do. And um, when I was like close to or thinking i was going to move it made me start to look around my house look around the office and think wow i'm gonna to have to move all of this stuff the worst. and there is so much stuff mm. there's so much how can one guy have so much damn stuff and i tell you most of it is stuff that i've collected at racetracks mm. over all these years and i'm a little bit oh. of a hoarder like a, you know i'll pick up you are. I pick up stickers and I'll take home cool posters or or something that I see. I'll buy at the at the track or uh, in that area or something associated with it. And you collect so much stuff. Mm. Um, you you don't hoard as much as I do. You're you're a bit of a neatest. Mm, I but am, it, but, but it is daunting the amount of stuff like that we do collect. We've been in this current house
1: for almost ten years, so. I can only imagine the amount of stuff in cupboards that I don't even know about yeah. that when we do have to move very soon, um, it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system. But at the moment I've got nowhere to move to. So I think I'm going to have to like pitch a tent in your backyard and just come and live with you. I think. Uh, sure. I don't know where I'm going to put my stuff.
0: But... My Yeah. Not my current backyard. Cause as you know, it's not very big. Uh, I don't even think it's big enough for your dog to come and uh <laughs> Stay sorta
1: of, sort of done it backwards. I just decided out of the blue I'm gonna sell this house and I sold it quite easily and then I think the hard bit's trying to get a new place. So I don't know. Stay tuned. We might have to uh come and bunk in with you, grant.
0: No problem. It's yeah, we can do a deal on rent it should be fine. <laughs> um okay. Can hey,
1: uh, we talk a bit about um GT racing at uh, Bathurst.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. Actually, I was going to kind of go there because what, what did you find on the web? My, uh, my Siri was saying, cool, let's talk about it. Right. <laughs> uh, well, the thing that we should talk about first is that you got to watch all of that racing. And uh, that was because you were up in the Stan Sport commentary box calling it yeah. with uh, the great man, Richard Crail, and TV's newest star, Josh Bucken.
1: Yeah, Josh did a great job, I thought, with the commentary team out of the weekend, even like because uh, he did the six-hour as well, a, a lot of it. He actually sounded like he knew what he was talking about. I, I was know. just so surprised.
0: Yeah. He doesn't mind driven. that. Like lots of banter, lots of banter, which is good. It's You know, it's refreshing, especially when you've got a full one-hour GT race. And mm. uh, for, I would say, what, two hours of GT racing, and there was, yeah, there was probably an hour or fifty of it, which wasn't like the most no, exciting not a, stuff.
1: Not a huge amount going on.
0: Sunday morning's end of Sunday morning's race was really good with the AMs mm. finishing. That was um, that was quite yep. cool. Uh, but the first uh, the first race was, yeah, it was a little lackluster. But you know what? As uh, someone who has to cover that racing, it was probably okay to just for them all to get through round one of the series without, uh, you know, throwing a $800,000 away by uh, putting it up against the wall. So um, uh, I actually
1: went up, up to the top of the mountain,
0: went up to the top of the mountain during
1: qualifying and watched the cars fly across the top of the mountain. Um, And I haven't done that for a few years. And I took a family up there and uh, Steph wasn't interested at all. She was sat in the car, Mm -hmm. Um, but Oscar was pretty interested. So, we watch them come across the top of the mountain and then we watch them going down skyline into the dipper. Yep. And I'll tell you what, the, the difference between you know a Jamie Wincup or a Brock Feeney and a less experienced driver, you know, with all respect, yeah, is just massive in those really high commitment areas. Like you watch the cars go down the straight and they're all flat out, they can all go flat out in a straight line, but when you get to the Real really high commitment areas of the circuit. You know, the like Jamie and Brock and all those, you know, pros. The, the things are just gliding. They're they're right on the edge of grip. Like it's really, really spectacular to watch. Um, I loved it. I love being up there watching and it. it almost scared me a little bit thinking shit, I'll do this at the 12 hour. Like these cars are mentally fast across the top. Mm. Um, and they do, they look so planted. Um, and they're not, they're not really, you know, like in the car, you're working pretty hard and some of the lap times are pumping out were just super impressive. And for me, you know, Brock Feeney, I know we, we talk about it all the time. I, I must sound like his biggest fan, but, <laughs> um, he's just doing a great job. Like he just looks for his age. He looks so mature in a race car. It looks like he's been here and done it all before. Um, he's driving the car fast. He's pumping out lap times that. A lot of pros can't even get close to, and he's not making mistakes. So just incredible to watch. And really, like, he was probably unlucky. You know, their car got shunted out of the way in the in race one, and they had to recover in that race. And then, you know, race two, he disappeared into the distance in his stint. So very, very impressive form at the moment, Brock Feeney.
0: Uh, impressive form there, but not enough to get the Mercedes Johor triple eight racing across the line for victories. They went pretty close in that uh second race on Sunday, but uh, Liam Talbot and his uh, and his Euromate Max Hoffer, uh, who only arrived at Bathurst like on Thursday, literally coming off the plane at Sydney and uh, darting across the mountain to get there. Uh, they were good, and we don't see the Audis win too much at Bathurst, you know, not typically mm. an Audi circuit. So, uh, that might actually come in handy when we get into the latter end of uh, this year's GT, this year's Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, powered by AWS. I'm contracted to say all of that. Um, the uh, yeah, yeah, do, we, do we get to see you in a uh, Lambo this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, at some
1: stage. Yep, good. Yeah, we'll do a couple of rounds during the year, some stage. I'm not exactly sure when, but um. We'll
0: definitely be there at some stage.
1: I saw Adrian Please.
0: Dietz was uh, at Bathurst just uh, yeah. hanging out out behind your garages. Yeah, he came to say hello to to me and
1: JB and Grant and all his mates were were there. So um, he he popped down for the day. He didn't uh, didn't wear appropriate clothing. He only had a, like a jumper on and jeans, and it was like minus fifteen,
0: wasn't it? So freezing. Hang up around there?
1: for too long. Um, But just going back to, to Liam Talbot for a second there, um, like he's classed as an amateur driver, but the guy is about three seconds left fast than any other amateur driver out there, like doing two Oh fives in the race, which Mm. is just, it's super impressive. It's fast. Yep. So, you know, he, he's doing an amazing job to contribute to that win. And that, that's the real challenge in GT racing, trying to get yourself with the best amateur prop possible. Because between the pros, you know, there's a couple of tents here and there. But then the AMs, can, there can be a massive difference. And that's the real strength. He he brings up the average. And, um, you know, they look so dominant over the weekend. They did it quite easily in the end.
0: Uh, the other AM who did exceptionally well was our good friend Brad Schumacher. Mr. Schumacher. Fast Ooh. racing, fast name. And just as fast out on a track, I actually joked with him at the end of one of those races and said that the FIA had called and said they were going to upgrade him from bronze to silver status. And he was—I uh, was joking, but he didn't pick he up my to, joke. He would have taken it serious. <laughs> he, took it, he took it serious, and I thought I'm just—I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you know, I think he was kind of chuffed that that might be a thing. I tell you what, he's not far away from it though. He's—he's he's in nah, uh, Liam's Liam's yeah, league exactly. there.
1: Yes, hundred percent. Those two are quite fast together. Um, the thing that probably hurt him on the weekend was not having a pro, and I, I say that because the first race of the year, there's no difference in stop time, so it's all the, it's all the same for everybody. And then you start to get, you know, into the second race, you start to get some success um, penalty, time, I guess time penalty. Yeah, yeah. So then, so but for the first race. Um, he was sort of hindered a little bit by not having a pro that could, you know, just find that little bit extra time um, because he had to stop the same and then in, in the pits. But as a year goes on that strategy of just having him in the car could end up being the winning strategy, you know, cause you don't get that time penalty like someone like Liam Talbot will when he has another Euro or he has Fraser Ross in the car, or whoever. Um, and sometimes it's very hard to make up that difference in time especially if a safety car comes out at the wrong time. Yep. Um, It's almost impossible to sort of make that up. So uh, it's an interesting strategy and he'll win races this year. There's no doubt about it. Like um, he's super fast and pretty impressive that he prepares his own car. Uh, I don't know how he does that plus run a business and do everything else that he does as well. So hats off to Mr. Schumacher, who I I did actually call Michael Schumacher briefly in the in the broadcast.
0: Oh so. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that's okay. If anyone ever called me Michael Schumacher, then I think I'd be chuffed. If someone called me Ralph Schumacher, then yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'd,
0: I'd be wired. Uh, okay, cool. So um, there we go. That's a uh, that's a pretty comprehensive wrap of uh what's going on in the past little bit let me do a um a very quick uh, shout out to our good friends at race fuels who pumped in a lot of damn fuel into all those six hour cars uh the mrf tires they last the distance but the yeah as we know fuel doesn't last the distance uh and the cars have to be Especially refueled you've got a hsv exactly and uh, the, there was actually a lot of race fuels loving it uh, at the Bathurst Six Hour, including a little TV spot for our great friend, Mark Tierney. I was get, I was thinking, I should get this guy, I should get Mark on the pod again. We've had him heaps, long-time listeners would have heard Mark plenty of times on the Parked Up podcast. And I thought, I'll get Mark to come on uh, and uh, and talk about the race meeting, but I don't need to. I'm going to uh, lean into the Stan Sport archives and pull out this little interview that he did with molly taylor live on stand sport during sunday's race here's what mark and molly had to say
1: well it's time to talk about some fuel and i've got mark Tierney from race fuels the man behind keeping all these cars running out on track welcome mark thanks for your support of this event tell us a little bit about the logistics how, you know how much fuel do you bring how much fuel are these cars using how difficult is it to arrange it and get all that together
0: Thanks, Molly. It's a 50,000-litre project this weekend, so some of the top teams will need 600 litres. That's three of these 200-litre drums. Uh, our race fuels team service the event live during the race, so the teams order their fuel as they need it. We give them a 200-litre drum, and they go racing.
1: Unreal. And this is the the 98 octane fuel that they're running. At race fuels, you do a whole different bunch of fuel options. So why the 98?
0: 98. This is as close we get as a production car fuel. So we run a service station quality product but we have some better handling techniques so making sure everyone's got a consistent batch. What's really important this weekend at the six hours is one batch of fuel for every single car.
1: Well, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for, uh, yeah, keeping us, keeping us all going as well. Thanks, Molly.
0: Well, there you have it. That was Mark Tierney and Molly Taylor. Thanks to Stan Sport for those audio grabs. Uh, that is almost it for Parked Up for this episode. Tony, what's, your, uh, what's the rest of your week got in store? Uh, no, not a lot, not a lot of exciting stuff,
1: just work, just, you know, everyday work, just trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about it.
0: Wow. That is one of the most boring answers I've ever well, had. You could sorry, have made something but... up, Keep, make uh, something up.
1: Well, it's, um, it was just straight back to the grind for me. Just, you know, Tuesday back to work, straight back into it. Uh, and I'll just, yeah. Until there's a TCR race, I'm not allowed to have any time off. So mm. um, <laughs> right. I just got to head down, bum up, try and uh, make some money. But um, I'll be doing as much training as I can, getting ready, you know, just all that driver preparation stuff.
0: Mm. Busy, busy. I like not it. Not really. Not really. Well, it's
1: pretty quiet. Actually, <coughs> Steph's leaving me for a little bit. Not, not officially. She's not not getting oh. divorce, but she's, um, oh. she's going away to America for a few weeks just cool. like right on the TCR weekend
0: oh, oh well, the worst she leave, ever. leaves to go over the race weekend or near yeah. the race week yeah oh.
1: so i got a race i got kids to look after it's mental it's mm. just not very thoughtful really you
0: know oh like, uh, well you got to do these things sometimes unless you're telling me that she's going to Vegas to just hang out do do some mad holiday. Without you, without the kids. I'm sure she's so. going for work, right? I don't right?
1: think so. No, she's going for work. She's taking her auntie with her. They're just going to have an absolute blast. Steph's like, you should come. You should come with me. Like, how are we going to do that? Have you forgotten that we've got two kids? Like, where <laughs> are we going to put them? Uh, not, not so easy. Not so easy to travel together this time of our lives. But uh, one day, one day mm. I'll get to go on a, one of our fancy work trips. I mean, she went to Italy last year, Paris. Now this year she's going to America, Unbelievable saints. You get, to get
0: go to You get yeah, exactly. Winton. We went to Launceston a couple of weeks Launceston. ago. Yeah. That was fun. You know, get to yeah. go make sandcastles at the chase. You know, that's um, yeah. that's pretty I fun. Think not everyone gets to do that, I guess. Yeah. No, no. I've
1: uh, been to well, Bathurst quite a few times. Mm. Uh, Look,
0: yeah. What would what would, Raceway. what would fifteen year old Tony Dalberto be saying to you right now? Would he be happy that he's a professional race car driver? <laughs> would he think that No, you're true. you're
1: right, you're right. No, he would be loving it. He wouldn't believe it actually probably. He wouldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Uh, but yeah, nothing exciting right now. Just just surviving,
0: just living. Good. No, that's a uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And you're doing such a great job at it. Oh, thank you, mate. Cheers. We thank everyone for listening to this episode of Parked Up. Great thanks to our our uh, long time supporters racefields and uh, of course our friends at bob jane teamats tony d you enjoy what comes at you this week and next week and all the weeks after as we build into another season of motorsport cheers mate thanks all me the best. you've just listened to another network r production